where Jesuit whipped Hanville in a very impressive performance, 47-21. to 21. Joining us now is the, the boss, the interim head coach or head coach. Call him what you may. Just call him, right? And we did, and he's with us and aggravating the hell out of him to do so. But, uh, you know, he decided he'd indulge us for a few minutes anyway. So it's great to welcome a, a really good football coach and a, and a better person, uh, Scott Payne's father of Jesuit, to the show. All right, Scott, so we got the insult out of the way. Now we're praising you. How are you doing? <laughs> well, uh, it's good to be on with you guys. Uh, real happy about the way we played last night. Uh, I think we played our best game on in all phases uh, against a pretty good Hornville team. Uh, we thought they could score a lot. So I, I really think, you know, our defense really played as well as they've played all year uh, against a really tough offensive opponent. So let me get this straight. I'm, I'm running around like crazy last night, but as I'm, I'm working, I'm listening to the show. And you admitted last night on live radio that you yelled too much at the officials. Is that is that accurate? Uh, I'm gonna have to say I don't recall saying that on live radio. Is it taped <laughs> or is there a, is there evidence of that? Oh yeah, officially anywhere. Oh yeah, there's I'm evidence. gonna have to get Rudy to play it back. Oh yeah, so, yeah. Rudy, <laughs> we'll have to get Rudy to find it. Rudy, so I think good. it was somewhere around. A nine, oh, nine, 943 yeah, or something like, like that. Yeah, if you yeah, can yeah. go by and find it, that'd be great because I'd love to hear it right now. Uh, yes, I, I make the same uh, vow every week and every year that this is going to be the week where I don't get fussy with the officials. And, you know, I'm, I'm not real good at keeping that vow, and I wasn't real good at keeping that vow last night. So, Paul, you officials out there watching, I have to yet again apologize for uh, – Getting a little too uh, fussy, and, and admittedly on radio, you know, so that's got to count for something with them. Yeah, so my reporter's at the game, and he's reporting, and as as he's doing the report, he says, yeah, and the Jesuit bench just got an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, and I'm like, oh, my God, Bain's father's done it again. But <laughs> yeah, it wasn't you, but that's okay. Yeah, that's no, okay. it was, yeah, it was Coach Gambaluka who uh, <laughs> I had to have a little chat with. There we go. <laughs> he got a little enthusiastic about it. All right, so you jumped all over them early. I mean, you get up 14 to nothing. You throw a couple of touchdown passes. They come back, cut it to one. You respond immediately. They come back, cut it to one. And, and then you, you just respond uh, beautifully at the start of the second half and just pull away to win. You know, this is two straight wins. But realistically, as you look back, I think – your team really got it started on this path and really started to change things against John Curtis because you played a really good team, very tough, to a one-score game. And, and even though you lost the game, I've got to believe that was the start of really kind of a turnaround and, and a confidence builder for your team. I think it was. Uh, we, we played a poor game against St. Aug the week before on that Sunday. Uh, you know, St. Aug's obviously a good football team. Uh and if we would have played our best game, they may have beaten us, you know, anyway. But we didn't play as well as we were capable. So we, you know, we spent the rest of the next week going against Curtis, knowing what type of opponent Curtis is, knowing that, you know, we usually play Curtis pretty tough. That if we played as hard as we could and we played uh, well from start to finish, that we could be in the game and have a chance to win at the end. And against a team like Curtis, that's all we can ask for. We had a chance to win at the end. Curtis won, but it did springboard us a little bit into uh, the Hornville week, and we felt, even coming off of a loss, felt pretty confident 
against Horn, Hornville, had a good week of practice and played really well last night. And I'm very proud of the kids. We're a young group. We're a inexperienced group. We have a, a lot of first time starters on this team. So, you know, right now is when they're gaining their experience. What right now is when they're growing up in this crazy, insane COVID season. Scott Baines, father with us. All right, Scott. So, we don't see it that often, but how do you mesh two quarterbacks and have symmetry and have cohesiveness and consistency? It seems to me that that's not an easy thing to do, and yet you've been able to do that this year with Jake LaRiviere and Luke LaForge, and you frustrate the hell out of people I get now because one's like 11, <laughs> one's 14, and like who's in the game and everything else. you got to call the game and try to figure it out and so forth. But but how have you been able to do that, and, and why has it been successful for you? Well, I, the reason we did it is because we didn't have spring training. We didn't have a quarterback battle in spring. Uh, Luke was a receiver last year and a really good one, and he plays receiver this year as well. Uh, Jack um, is a really good player, and we didn't want to waste a junior year of him sitting um, the whole time, so we wanted them to compete against each other, which they weren't allowed to do because of COVID. So when it came to the fall, I said, you know, I know this two-quarterback thing doesn't work for any, a lot of people. It doesn't really work in a lot of situations, but that's how we're going to start the season. If one plays a lot better than the other one, then we'll just make a change and, and make it full-time. Well, they both played really well, so it, it, hasn't, it, it hasn't been the time for us to make any changes and go with one or not. The one thing that happened to us, though, is Luca Forge, um, our senior, um, got hurt against Holy Cross and ended up sitting in, in the St. All game that we lost. And we had, to, we had to keep him out of that game. He had a, a shoulder injury. And he came back the next week, played quarterback only um, against uh, John Curtis, and then played – last night was the first time he played receiver again and quarterback. So Luca Forge is, you know – arguably one of our best players on our team. And when he's only playing 20, 30 uh, snaps a game or not playing at all, Jesuit's not as good a football team. So he was back at full strength last night, and I think it showed, you know, in our offense. All right, Coach, so uh, both of those guys uh, project as college players, would you say, without a doubt? Yes, I think so. You know, Luke, Luke can have the opportunity in a lot of situations. Luke can play quarterback. He's tall. He's heavy, he's smart, he's got a good arm. Luke can deep snap for a college team right now. Luke can deep snap for a Division One SEC team yeah. right now. He's our deep snapper, believe it or not. And, uh, and he can also play uh, inside receiver, you know, the big receiver guy. So he's got – he's going to have some options. And I think, you know, Jack's more of – you know, Jack played some tight end type stuff for us last year. Uh, and Jack's a big, tough kid, and Jack's getting bigger, and Jack's got a good arm, and he's a smart kid. So I think he'll have opportunities the following year to play in college as well. Nice little dilemma. Yeah, it's always, it's good to have good multiple good players at one spot, I'll tell you. That's that's something good to have, and, and you don't always have that on your teams. Uh, but and, and also being a quarterback position, you know, it, it's really a blessing. Coach, how have the two guys uh, handled that, that, that whole situation? You know, because if it's – I'm not going to say if it's not handled right, but, but, but sometimes things like that could be a little dicey. Agree? I agree. And I don't ha- – and the great part about it is I don't have to handle anything. Those two are the two nicest gentlemen you'll ever meet. They pull for each other. They, uh, you know, they, they help each other. It is the easiest thing, believe me. Uh, you would think it wouldn't be. 
but just because of their two personalities and how good of friends they are, you know, it, it's been a really easy thing for us. Very good. I think it says something about the kids, without a doubt. It, it does. I mean, that, that's really all on them, not on the coach. Visiting with Scott Baines, father of Jesuit, and the Blue Jays 47-21 to 21 over Hanville last night. It's never easy stepping out of district play to play a non-district opponent, but the way this year has unfolded, uh, it's like no other. So it almost doesn't matter because week to week, you're just hoping to play a game against anybody, right? I, I think that's right. You know, I, I think every day all of us coaches get up in the morning and we look at our phones to see if someone texted us saying they're going to get a COVID test. I really, I mean, that's really what it is. I look at my phone every morning praying that no one's texting me, you know, and I get to school and praying that no one calls me. You know, I don't, I don't want to see or hear from anybody until practice because you get that, you know, we, and we've had a couple of kids say, Coach, I'm not feeling good. My parents are going to get me a COVID test, and you sit and wait, you know. Oh, Coach, I'm negative. Thank God, you know. So it, I, I feel like we're all, you know, on borrowed time. You know, you, you, you talked about it in, your, in the beginning of the segment that all these games are being canceled every week. And, I, you know, when you look at it every week, how many games are being postponed and how many teams have to get together because their game got canceled. They got to try to find another game. Uh, we've been fortunate. We haven't lost any games, knock on wood. You know, we have our you know, last regular season game against Rumble next week. Uh, you know, we will be one of the fortunate teams to play all eight games without any uh, issues that weren't, well, of course, COVID-related or hurricane-related, you know, in this season. It's been so crazy. No doubt it's been that way for so many teams, and you feel for the kids because they they work so hard to get the opportunities, and I'm glad that the opportunities have been provided for them. We're visiting with Scott Bainsfather, the head coach of the Jesuit Blue Jays, and Coach, I guess, you know, when you talk about other players, the quarterbacks are focused, but you have to talk about your receiver, Besh, who's had such a good year. Talk about the young man, his capabilities, and and why he's not gotten recruiting attention if, in fact, he has not. Um, I mean, he's getting attention now. I think people are starting to pay attention to him. It's a little bit different for recruiting right now with COVID. They're not around as much. They're not uh, in the office like they would be at this time on a normal year. And I think that for kids like Luke Besh, you know, he needs a little bit more uh, attention from them at this point that he's not getting, I think, due to COVID. But we're starting to get some calls. We're starting to make some calls about him. I, I really think, you know, and I, I guess I'm biased about it, but I've been around a long time. You know, I really think he can play at the, you know, moderate Division One level. I really believe that. He was a good receiver last year. He has taken a step forward this year. Uh, he's gotten bigger. He's gotten faster. You know, you watch him. He's got the numbers. Uh, and we throw to other receivers. We're not just a one-trick pony. We have three, four guys we throw to. We throw to in every game. But Luke Besh has been dominant. And you don't really say that about receivers normally, uh, you know, in our league, that the receiver has been dominant. He's been dominant in his games. He is really good. He would be a really good college player for somebody. Uh, and I think he's one of the best players in our league right now. And you know what, Coach, to me, uh, with his size, he becomes what, you know, uh, coaches place so much emphasis on the tight zone these days that, man, in the red zone, I, I just think the guy's a huge weapon, don't you? Yeah, and he's not. And he can make being a big being a big weapon and a guy that can go up and catch balls over kids, which he did last night. You know, he was covered. 
Jack Rivier took a shot at him anyway because we feel confident in him. Uh, you know, the corner had him pretty good. Luke went right up over the top of him and caught it, uh, battled for it, and came down with it. Those are the type, types of plays that I believe the colleges want. They don't want guys that are just going to, you know, catch the ones that are easy. I think they want guys that are going to catch the tough balls. And I think Luke Best does that as well as anyone. Visiting with Scott Baines, father of Jesuit, and obviously your team playing well. You've won two straight now, and you get Rommel next Saturday morning, an unusual start time because it's the final week of the regular season, so you try to get the game in as early as possible. And, of course, you have the the extra day's rest. They've got to play John Curtis tonight, so I know you're probably hoping they play about, what, 10 quarters or so or something like that? Yeah, if they, if they wouldn't mind going into triple overtime, it would be fine with me. <laughs> Some, somehow I have, I have a sneaky suspicion uh, you'll be paying attention to that game and watching it. I mean, you've seen John Curtis and you've played him up close and personal. You've seen Rummel and, you know, rumors of their demise were greatly exaggerated. They're still a good football team. And that figures to be a really good game. I mean, the, the, the matchup is it's all – I mean, you look at what's happened with those two since John Curtis entered the league in 2015. Whoever wins this game has won that league. By and large, not by and large, it's happened that way. But right. uh, when you look at the matchup, I don't know. I mean, I, Curtis has played really tough competition. Uh, Rummel played extremely well against St. Augustine last week. And they played Brother Martin and Calvary. Uh, different types of teams, but that's what makes a good matchup. And I, I, I imagine you'll, you think you'll see a good game tonight, right? I, I think so. I think, I think it'll be a, a pretty uh, close game, just like it was last year. You know, and that last year it came down to, you know, last plays of the game. Uh, between those two, and you know, both really good last year. They're both really good. I think the most impressive thing, um, a couple of impressive things that I've seen in our league this year. One is Brother Martin on offense, uh, and two is the way Rummel has rebounded uh, from losing a lot of guys last year, and then you know they only have, they have one loss to a really good Brother Martin team, but they have been very impressive on both sides of the ball, returning from a, returning from a state championship group that graduated a lot that's been very impressive Curtis is you know they all you get what you get from them they they graduated some guys particularly at running back uh and a couple of defensive linemen last year um that they got hurt with graduation which don't normally happen to them as much so I, I think the game between them kind of evens out due to that they both graduated some they both have returned uh, this year playing really well, even though they lost some guys. So, um, you know, I think it's going to be a great game. I have a couple of questions for you, then I'll let Ed ask one or two, and then we'll shut it down. With regard to your alma mater, uh, would you like to see them stay in this league in 5A, understanding their difficulties? You were part of that at Archbishop Shaw, but would you like to see them stay in 5A as an alumnus and as part of the league coaching at a rival school now? I think – yeah, I think I would overall like for them to stay in 5A, but I want them to be competitive where they feel is the best place for them. Um, you know, if, if the coaches get together, an athletic director, Coach Aleph, and uh, the principal, Father Lou Molinelli, get together and decide what's best for the school is for them to step down from uh, the Catholic League and drop in classification, I will fully support that because it will give those kids uh, at Shaw, the best chance to be successful. If they choose to stay up, I will congratulate them and be totally supportive of them willing to stay in the Catholic League and, you know, 
with and like you said, even with the resources that they have and the enrollment that they have, they've really done a really good job. Tommy Connors has done a really good job with that program. They really have a good, solid group. They're uh, they've been competitive in a lot of games this year. They of course were competitive against us uh, the week prior. Uh, I thought they played really good. I really like their starting twenty-two, and I think the coaches there have done a great job. And I hope you know if they do go down, that it brings success to the school and success to Tommy. And my other question, and I'll let it jump in, is. I mentioned it last night on the show. You you seem happy. You seem relaxed. You seem to like what you're doing. So don't answer it if you don't want to, but I'll put you on the spot. <laughs> Will you consider staying on after this year, or have you even approached making that decision yet? I have not approached anything about that yet, and they have not, you know, approached me. So it's you know it hasn't been a it hasn't been a point uh, throughout this year, and maybe because it you know of the way it happened, you know. I, I'm taking over because of two situations. One, Coach Sanji wanted to move into the administration of the school right in the middle, you know, right before spring training was technically about to start uh, and during the pandemic. So, you know, we've been spending most of our time just trying to get practice going, trying to make sure our schedule's right, trying to make sure that we can practice well, things like that. So it really hasn't been a lot of time to consider you know, anything following this season. Um, and it's probably the same way for our administration. I'm sure they have some ideas, and I'm sure they'll make a tremendous choice uh, for who's going to lead the program in the future. But I don't know if they've even really, you know, sat down and really went through a lot of things yet, you know, because running a school right now in the midst of quarantining kids and keeping people physically distant and, you know, making sure the lunch lines are good and, you know, all the activities that had to be canceled and rearranged. It, it, it's been tough, I'm sure, for all administrations at all schools. And because I know it's been tough for coaches at all schools. Well, that's certainly the case. And, and look, uh, that's, a, that's a great uh, diplomatic answer. I mean, he's learned so well over the years. <laughs> you, uh, I, just, I know. I'm it? just so impressed well, with the way he, he, he manages <laughs> to not answer questions. That's a great well, job. Does he work a Jesuit or the State Department? I want to know. Which well, one let me is just it? say that. It would have been a better diplomatic answer if you didn't call me out on it immediately following. That's <laughs> it was a diplomatic answer. <laughs> we we can we can jest with this guy because we've known him uh, forever and a day and have so much respect for for what he does and the job he's doing at Jesuit right now, Ed. Yeah, you know, and look, uh, there, there, I think there's uh, there's a uh, an advantage to coaching there as well because it's an it's a it's an outstanding school and uh, you get you get quality kids, but also I think that uh, the administration leaves you alone to do your job and. There's so many coaches that I hear differently from. When you have a situation like that, it's hard to get away from that. Would you agree, Scott? Uh, it's hard to get away from 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 a school. It's hard to move oh, to no. move away from a school that where they just leave you alone and let you do your job. Oh, no, that believe me, that that and I think that goes along with everybody in the school. Whatever you do, the administration feels confident in you. They let you do your job. No one interferes with anything that I've done in the uh, in the past six or seven months. Uh, yes, it is. You know, it is a great place to work. Uh, you know, I, I've been blessed to be able to go to Jesuit after I left Shaw. Uh, you know, even not counting the you know 
the honor it was for them to ask me to be the interim head coach. I've had a great three years plus now at Jesuit, uh, you know, and, and I'm getting a little older now. So, you know, this is, this was a great place for me to end up in my fifties uh, after I left uh, Shaw and they've been really, really great to me the entire time, not just this year, but the first three years as well. Well, I think the marriage is a good one, and I think that they've got a really good coach, and you've got a really good place, and and your team's playing really well. That's a lot of really good stuff there. So yeah. it's all good. And of course, you got to like that. Blue Jays have won two straight. They've got Rumble next Saturday morning at 11 a.m. We'll have that game right here on 106.1 FM. Look forward to that and seeing your team again. And in the meantime, you get a chance to relax for a day or so and watch the other guys beat each other up for a day and. And then uh, start getting ready in earnest and, and looking forward not only to that game, but God willing to uh, the playoffs and a chance to, to actually try to make a run and hoping and praying that you avoid two rematches, right? I mean, that's kind of where right. we're at, right? That's, well, honestly, that's what we do when we talk about power rankings. And since the select, non-select came out, you really, when you're talking about where your position is, you're trying to figure out a way to get somebody you haven't played. You know, it's, it's, oh, look, if we can get to this spot here, we'll end up playing this team who, who hadn't seen us yet. If we get this spot, then we're going to end up playing, you know, Rummel again or Brother Martin again, you know. And, and Lord knows neither one of us want that. Uh, we'd all rather play someone new. We'd all rather play someone who hadn't seen us. We we'll all, all would rather play a different face. But, you know, it, it, yeah, it, it is what it is now as far as the select, non-select. They're all going to be some rematches. We had two last year in our two playoff games. We went Shaw and John Curtis in our two playoff games last year. So, you know, it, it, it's sad to say that we're starting to get used to it. I agree. And we both feel the same way as you do. I think it's really unfortunate and really ridiculous. But that's another story. And there's nothing we can do about it except talk about it. And, yeah. you know, Scott, one thing Coach and I talked about on the uh, – on the uh, television program last night was um, the playoffs. Are you, are you concerned that we're going to have, do you think we're going to have a full playoff or do you think we're going to have uh, a COVID chaos? Uh, honestly, Ed, I'm actually, you know, and I hate to say this, I'm leaning toward COVID chaos at this point because it seems to me that more games are getting canceled right now leading up. And I know there's varying reasons for it but more games are getting canceled leading up to the playoffs. And if we get some sort of spike right in week one, how does that affect, you know, the overall playoff? I'm sure Eric Held and the boys are up in Baton Rouge, you know, with smoke coming out of the ears trying to figure all this out. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I, I'm leaning towards it may be chaotic. Uh, hopefully we get through. You know, we're praying that we get through. Uh, but And I hope it happens. But, boy, it's, it's starting to get rough out there right now as far as games being canceled. Well, and by the way, Ed, this guy's the, uh, the ultimate trick play guy. He didn't have the highlight, but he had, a, he had a wide receiver throw a touchdown pass to a quarterback right now. Is that right, Scott? Uh, yeah, yeah. We did that last night. We've been having a play in for a couple of weeks. Hadn't really had the opportunity to throw it. So we, uh, we did last night, and, you know, usually those things end up in disaster, but it actually worked last night. <laughs> well, you know, we uh, 
we, we in our in our assignments we paired the uh, your game with the Newman game and we went through the Newman game for a few plays. <laughs> and you got like you yeah. got like six scores yeah, in four minutes you know, or something, right? You know, here's the, here's the thing. You know, I was, um, you know, I talking to Coach Stewart. I was on the phone with him last night at twelve thirty in the morning. And, you know, it's just, it's just, you know, it wasn't, he didn't feel good about it. And I don't no. think any, no one felt good about it, you know? No. And uh, to me, right now in Louisiana, we used to have a lot of teams that were, we had some really good teams, but we had a lot of good teams in the middle that were just good, you know? And I'm wondering if we're not really getting away from that, where we're either have teams that are really, really good or a bunch of them that are, are really, really not good. And there seems to be like a, a bigger disparity, and there's a smaller middle. Does that make sense, Scott? I I believe I believe you're right about that. Actually, I think we have some districts. You know, our league is a really good league, and it's competitive week in and week out. And there's not a there's not a whole lot of blowouts in our leagues that are you know just off the charts one sided. But I think there's some leagues where you got a couple of teams at the top, and then five or six teams that are uncompetitive against them. And, uh, yes. and I think it never used to be that. It never used to be that much of a disparity. And I think it's sort of getting a lot of good players getting to very few schools now where I think that the talent was dispersed a little bit more years right. ago. I think it's kind of combined into a few schools now and it's making for really lopsided games. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I look around and I'm just thinking about you know, just just thought about that last night. And I was like, it just it just feels that way, watching some of the games. So, you know, I got to be honest with you. When when we look at the schedule every week, it's not that hard to pick the good games. No, you're right. You're right because you kind of feel like some of these games are going to be, you know, four or five touchdown, you know, disparities. And I don't think that's local for us, which all. I mean, I think it's kind of across the state as well. Yes. Um, that there's, you know, the talent is being sucked into just a fewer, fewer and fewer of the schools, and it's not as spread out. And, you know, it's making for some bad games and some bad matchups. He's Scott Bain's father, the head coach of the Jesuit Blue Jays, a winner last night over Honville, 47-21. Rumble next week at 11 a.m. on Saturday morning. Scott, listen, we really appreciate the time. Always a pleasure, my friend. Uh, keep up the great work. Look forward to seeing you next week. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me you on know, this morning. Oh, by the way, we have Jesuit night next Friday night on our statewide radio show at Francesca's by Katie's at 515 Harrison Avenue from 6 to 10 p.m. All Blue Jays need you at Francesca's next week. Scott will be there, and he can eat whatever he'd like. We'll take care of him. You'll be there with Les East, another Jesuit grad, and then you'll have to talk to Ed and I, and we'll ruin it all for you. So, But you'll have a good time over there. We encourage Jesuit people to be there next Friday It'll night be fantastic. at Francesca's. Yep. And, and uh, again, uh, looking forward to that, Scott. I'm looking forward to it as well. Y'all be nice to me next Friday. We will. We'll no try, problem. We'll try hard. You got it. All right, Scott. Thank you. All right, man. Thanks. <laughs> See you later. Thanks, Father. Jesuit.